thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. This is an absolute pleasure. How are you? And do you have a good day so yeah. far? Yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, uh, I'm well, thank you. Um, yeah, everything's been good. Um, little bit, a little bit quiet at the moment, just as we're taking like a little bit of a breakout from touring before we play some more shows. But um, yeah, got a little bit happening at the moment, which is good, keeping us busy. Everybody else doing okay in the Nicolas Cage fighter camp? Yeah, yeah, sure are. Um, nothing too exciting at the moment, just sort of um, day-to-day, just banking up the dollars and sort of prepping for the next run of shows that we've got teed up. You know you know how it is. Um, yeah, it's going pretty well at the moment. Um, yeah, just uh, looking to do another music video at some point pretty soon, which should be cool. Um, haven't got anything like completely locked in for that, but it's in the works. So yeah, it's all happening. Isn't nice just to have a sort of semblance of normality considering the past few years? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's like, it's good to, it is, it is nice having that little bit of normality, but at the same time, having, um, having gotten a taste of actually being on the road and touring, it's like, I kind of just want to get back to doing that straight away, you know? It, 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 the, 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 the break you're having, you, you're choosing to have it right. Basically. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's like, it's not a particularly long one. Cause we've had, um, oh, Gilbert, sorry, I got the dog just hassling me, um, <laughs> as they do um we had yeah we had like a handful of shows sort of over the last couple of months through from around about like april or so that's just sort of filled us out throughout the year uh and then we had the album release tour that we did um just up the east coast which was really 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 good um some really really good shows the ballarat one especially was insane um and we've got a couple of festivals that we're playing uh towards uh november and uh, another show actually just in about a week's time um but before that we've just uh, we haven't really had too much booked in we just wanted to have a chance to sort of get used to touring sort of come back to it for a little bit and then alternate before we just properly go balls to the walls 100 percent. you know you, you, you've got to get yourself match fit after not really being able to do much for a couple of years. It, uh, it must have been quite a, a toll to just get back out there and re-energize. A little bit, yeah. But um, it's funny, we've actually become pretty accustomed to touring pretty quickly. Um, like we say it on pretty much every other every other time we talk about it, like for us to go and play a show somewhere other than Ballarat or Melbourne, it's like a minimum six to 10 hour drive. You know, we've got a fair hike ahead of us, but... Um, going up to Sydney now because we've done that three times now at least um, can do it with our eyes closed pretty much already so it's good we're definitely um, comfortable with the touring bit which is good yeah I think people constantly forget that or just don't really understand quite if you've never been to Australia quite mm. the distance particularly when you're in the UK and you can get to a major city yeah. in an hour yeah yeah um yeah, uh, if, like if you use the UK as a comparison, the UK is just one state for us, like the smallest <laughs> out of all of them. Um, you've basically got to go from, for us, the last tour we did was probably the equivalent of top to the bottom of the UK at least four or five times round trip, mm. I'd say. Yeah, it's a bit of driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, July 22nd, we're going to go back to that point because it's quite an important mm-hmm. one for this year. With the release yeah, of the bones that grow from pain. It mm-hmm. feels like a lifetime ago, July already, but it's it really not been that long. Um, and the dust quite hasn't settled. But we do have a clearer view on how it's been kind of received worldwide. And the general word is very positively. How have you found a response? And has it been interesting Good. to kind of get an array of feedback from listeners? yeah yeah absolutely has been um oh yeah over, overall the feedback's been really really good um we've gotten a fair few quite glowing reviews um that have really uh 
sort of like honed in or really focused on what we tried to get out of the album, which was drawing on a whole bunch of different influences from different sorts of bands and styles that we really like and just trying to blend them together in our kind of way without sort of, you know, just like blatantly ripping anything off. Um, we've got, we have gotten a handful of reviews that have um, like not been as glowing. Like we've gotten a handful of like, you know, three out of five or six out of tens, mm. but it, it's funny whenever we've chatted about those within the band, we've also sort of felt that they've actually been at least pretty well fleshed out reviews right. or like takes on the album um they're like I've, i think i referenced it before there was one album uh, one review in particular we got um from a guy on youtube that yeah he gave us a three out of five but he was at least like backing up all of his points like really articulately so um at least like the quality of the reviews we've been getting has been really good so anything that has said that somebody's felt that there's been like a room for improvement or something that would sort of like to see us try, you know, at least it's actually been substantial. It just hasn't been, we haven't really been hit with anything like, Oh, they don't sing. It's shit. You know, we haven't really had any of that. Um, but yeah, a couple of really good reviews. Um, lots actually. And it's cool. Um, we're seeing, we're slowly seeing like the amount of people we're getting at shows, like slowly the numbers are creeping up. Um, where we're getting more and more uh, confident and tight playing at lives. And it just seems like the response in general is just getting better as we go. It's great. It, it is great. It really is. Do you pay much attention to your sort of streaming numbers and your reach on like social media mm. platforms, the really boring stuff? I try to not like fixate on it um i i'll check on it every now and then um actually ironically enough i think i checked it just a couple of days ago to see sort of where we're up to with like daily listeners and whatnot um yeah so well we do kind of use those metrics to try and make sure that we're constantly doing something if we can mm. see that the numbers are really falling off or you know if we're just you know attention is you know going to other bands that are doing other things or whatever the case may be we'll try and organize something or do something that at least pulls us back into the limelight a little bit um we are very very lucky that with the platform with metal blade we have that we naturally do sort of have that exposure to a wider audience but like you said you know even though it was not that long ago that the albums come out it feels almost like it like it's only been a couple months but it's with how many bands there are and how many tours there are going on you know now that COVID and whatnot is sort of on the tail end um it's easy for everything to just sort of fly by because there's so much happening at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly moving forward industry, let alone what you guys have to do as well. Keeping up with it is often near impossible. Yeah, it is. One of the more interesting things I've sort of learned over the last couple of months in regard from the album being released is that for many, it seems this was the first experience of Nicolas Cage fire. A lot of new people coming along and discovering you. Were you yes. were you conscious that you actually had this opportunity when you were working the album, leading up to release and the promotion and everything like that? This opportunity mm-hmm. to reach a more worldwide audience than you've ever had before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was that was sort of the the big deciding factor for us when we did initially get the offer like from Metal Blade to go onto the album because or to go onto the label rather and that this album would be our sort of first stepping stone to reach a wider audience. Mm. Um, I think we did sort of try our best during you know the writing procedure and you know as we're recording and coming up with everything and sort of practicing to not not let that a hundred percent of the time be in the forefront of our minds, like not let it get too distracting, but always um, we definitely had it as like a 
catalyst for us to really put our best foot forwards and to make sure that the album, you know, it, like I was saying, it sort of encompasses everything that we wanted that first release to be. Um, so yeah, tried to not to let it go to the heads a bit much, but yeah, we're always thinking about it. I'd imagine so, because 2021's EP cast you out. That turned a fair amount of heads. It's where a lot mm. of people first obviously really heard your name. But this mm. was something a little different, the new album. It wasn't mm. something that you noticed yourself. And from your perspective, what was it? Was this a natural sort of evolution and direction mm. that you were headed in? Yeah, I think it actually came really, really easily, to be honest with you. Um, I remember when we were first... It's like when when it all sort of kicked off, but even before Cast You Out, um, when we did the little two-track split, which I think maybe like 10 or 20 people probably <laughs> listened to, um, that was really a sprinkle of like the direction we wanted to go in. And the EP, we wanted to sort of be like a little bridge in a sense. There was definitely a lot more similarity style-wise with that to the uh, first EP that the guys put out way back. Mm. Um and then with the album, we wanted this to be a lot more representative of the direction that we're actually going to go for future releases. Like still saying somewhat similar, like live. It's weird. Like listening to listening back to the EP and then listening to the album, I can definitely hear quite a fair few differences in pretty much just about any regard. Like the production's pretty different. Um, the songwriting is definitely, you can tell it's just matured and it's almost a different style though there's still like homages to the same mm -hmm. sorts of influences um but in terms of ending up with where we did for the album it actually came yeah really really naturally um we had a pretty good idea of where most of the songs were going to go we all really liked them and we just fleshed it out and it's where we ended up well, then there it is. Take me back to the early days of what Bones That Grew From Pain would be. The vision. In particular, did you have one for what you wanted the record to be? And did it all go to plan? Pretty well. Yeah, I'd say I'd say we probably pretty comfortably hit the nail on the head. Um, with with like our writing or creative process, um, Justin, the guitarist, he does the majority of the writing. Like he'll just riff all day long and come up with things that he likes. And then at practices and jams, um, he'll just throw something out and say, hey, what do you think of this? Do you like this idea? And we'll sort of bounce stuff around. And then he'll just sort of take it back and work on something else. Then when he's happy with the songs and where they are, uh, Davo will come in and those two are just, it's seamless. Um, so that's how like the foundation of the songs get built pretty much instantly on the spot. Mm. Um, it's really cool watching those two work together. They just gel so smoothly. Um, and then in terms of like, uh, so with Bardwell, he does, he's very much so into like the music theory and the nerding out on it uh, to make things, you know, make sure things that are staying in key or that um, transitions work kind of smoothly or working out ways we can just make something, you know, a bit darker or a little bit catchier um and that sort of stuff and then i am a bit of a slow burner when it comes to like the lyrical content mm. um when when we were putting it all together justin um basically he was just like driving along one day and the title just popped into his head and we just agreed on it at the time we we're like yeah that's a really really good title we'll run with that and then i just wanted the lyrics and the themes of the album to sort of be a continuation of the kind of story that I had from cast you out it was meant to be like the idea was hell in me was um like oh just 
woe is me, hell in me, cast you out was sort of like overcoming those sorts of issues, but still living with them. And then the bones that grew from pain is meant to be like a an outward kind of view of what it's like either seeing other people going through the same things as me or seeing how other people react to also going through those same things with me. And sort of like an observation on that. Um, so in terms of like, from a thematical point of view, I think we were all pretty set pretty early on on where we wanted it to go. Right. Um, and then sonically, we just all liked it pretty much as soon as we heard <laughs> all the songs. We we heard something, we'd say, yeah, that's weak. Or we or just I'll play something and all of us go, yeah, that fucks. Let's keep it. Um, and yeah, we just ran with it. Um, not Didn't really put a great deal of like um, stress or thought into it. You know, everything that came naturally that we liked, we kept it. It's great that it was um, such an relaxed experience because, because naturally as you're working on an album and you're writing, there is the possibility that things come up that force you to head in mm -hmm. unexpected or unplanned directions that maybe you never really mm -hmm. wanted to happen. Did yeah, that happen certainly. to you guys? And if that was the case, did you make it work for you? Yeah, we did. Um, there were a couple of songs that we did restructure just to help them flow better or we sort of took some elements out of some songs and rearranged them and swapped them around. Um, I don't think we didn't, we never really hit any drastic hurdles to the point where we felt anything needed to be completely changed or scrapped. Uh, I think from memory, I want to say, I think we had about like 12 or 13 songs worth of material. Okay. Um, like we, I suppose it's kind of a good thing in that we didn't necessarily have or feel the need to come up with like 20 or 30 tracks and then sort of pick and filter through them. Uh, you know, we we're pleased enough with everything that we had come up sort of early on. Um, some of my lyrics, uh, there are songs that I wish I could have done a little bit better or fleshed out a bit more, but I think they also kind of work well contrasting against the other songs that I feel are a little bit more uh, in depth, I suppose. So I suppose having like some breather moments in that regard is good. Um, yeah, overall pleased. Is that just you though, casting a, a, an overtly critical eye over something you're so hyper aware of because you've lived with it for so many years? Probably, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say so. Um, like with a lot of, so in terms of things coming really naturally, there was seven or eight songs, I want to say, like writing the lyrics was not like, well, I won't say not challenging, but the content and the core ideas of it all like poured out relatively easily. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a few where I felt like I had to really scratch my head to sort of cover the idea of what I wanted to for those songs, but also not just make it really cheesy or felt like it was forced. Um, even though I sort of had to force myself to flesh some of them out. So a, a little bit of it is definitely probably unjustly self-critical, but I think some of it's also justified as well. Well, but then I suppose, I suppose like anything creative, you know, you can sort of harp on it for forever. You know, you've just got to sort of let it be and let it be what it is. No, I think that's uh, really, really important is to say, um, you just got to walk away from it. It's done. It's out. Yeah. It's walking on its yeah. two legs. I uh, can't change it now. Yeah, absolutely. Sticking to that then, sticking to your your lyrical content. Um, for this album, what sort of things did you draw from? How much of it was internal? How much was external? Was it a mix of both? Was it simply a matter of looking out the window at times and seeing the state of things? Um, yeah, pretty much just that, to be honest. Um, 
so like for example with the songs bones um that one was sort of like the most easy continuation from the ep because it was just the sort of direct link that that song i think i just probably wrote 90 percent of it in probably about like 10 or 15 minutes that came really easily um like a great ruinous deed as well um and then the start of weeping sores that was one of the ones that was a bit trickier they they came out pretty easily too um songs foundation gray eye coughing nails um they all also flowed really quite easily in that um i had a pretty good idea of like so like seeing people that like either struggle with like internal conflict or um, seeing how communities of people conflict um, when they get together, things like, yeah, talking about um, how people obsess over like, you know, presence on social media or like uh, what they, how they feel about other people feel about them. Um, those sorts of concepts were pretty easy for me to write about. Um, and yeah, it came quite naturally, thankfully. Um, with Heretics, uh, mm. that was one where I tried my I tried my best to actually not listen to any or read lyrics from any other bands that had done a kind of critique of like established or an organized religion because i didn't want it to just sound like doing the same thing that like every other band does at some point you know like the whole fuck the church you know yeah. um trying to again try to keep it away from being cheesy so there were some that i definitely had to sit on for a while and i suppose just dig a bit deeper into what observations i had made over time about those sorts of topics um yeah uh a lot of a lot of pondering do you think you it's getting easier for you um, as you grow year by year, as you grow as a songwriter, musician, um, lyric writer to express yourself? It, it does. It, it gets easier when you have a good idea because I find like you've got a greater repertoire of um, ways to craft a story or uh, different ways in which you can write. Uh, like when, when we were writing out some of our first lyrics and I was uh, getting some input from Tom, um, he was saying that it was really similar to like slam poetry in a way. And I had never really sort of seen it like that. Um, and now I can sort of look at it from that point of view and it can make it a little bit easier to craft a full song in that style if I want to and then some other songs have become more narrative or they're more like storytelling so it becomes easier to try and link everything together creatively um to be honest with you though I haven't actually really written that much too recently because I'm trying to just I've got a couple ideas for what I want to do but I haven't had a spark moment yet for any of them and it's it's tricky as well for me to write I find it a lot easier personally to write lyrics to a song yeah. um if I try and just write lyrics and then fit them to a song I feel like I have to either change them to make them fit with the phrasing or I feel like the delivery of the songs becomes sort of stale or bland because i'm just trying to fit one piece of work onto another piece of work rather than working with two pieces together so effectively the spark hits when you have the music available to you and then you can work in it like that i guess yeah yeah absolutely like like i was saying before with bones i was able to write it out really really quickly mm. um i probably listened to the song maybe once or twice and i could hear sort of like the phrasing or the cadence like and that that would come relatively easily 
Um, and then I'll just sort of th- try and like throw around some lyrics and see if anything sort of catches and mm. then just run with it from there. But I do struggle a fair bit more to do that if I don't have a song to go along with. Um, I don't know if I'm a bit of an oddball in that regard, but yeah, I find it much easier if I've got something to actually sort of go along to. Amazing. Well, sticking with the bones that grew from pain. Um, there's a lot of words you can use to describe it. Single words, descriptive words, um, something like intense always comes to mind. I mean, you guys are pretty demonic on this. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's vicious. It's harsh. It's heavy. That level of intensity, that level of intensity. Talk to me about that and keeping that in place for a long period of time I'm not just talking about mm-hmm. say in the studio recording I'm talking about the mentality more than anything else mm-hmm. how did you how did you keep it in place and was it easy to kind of come from that from that area mm-hmm. uh I think I think so um it, like sonically all of us love fat riffs and good <laughs> breakdowns and if if it's heavy we're about it um so I think in terms of yeah, sort of harking back to what I was saying before about the creative decisions. I think it was just a matter of if we felt like something was um, stagnating or was like, say, for example, if we felt like a bridge just dragged out too long or if something just didn't catch enough focus or interest, we would try to bring it back to just that chaotic energy. Um, And then lyrically, I find because at least all the things that I have written about, I'm quite passionate about or quite vehemently believe in it's easier for me to deliver those with mm-hmm. passion um and then live we just love going 110 percent as hard as we possibly can um and i think that comes yeah because we enjoy the music that we've written so much it makes it a lot easier to be so intense and consistent um yeah we fucking love playing them live man it's so much fun you think it's fair to say that you've only listeners have only seen one half of Nicolas Cage fighter um, mm-hmm. if they've heard it on record and the second part is the live and it's just as important. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's weird, like listening back when it, when it comes to like, again, just the our actual sort of sound live. Um, it's odd. I feel like we sound better live than we do on record, but right. we still sound very, very similar uh, and not to sort of rag on the record in any way or to also like over hype up our, our live show. But I feel like there's definitely like, you can tell us the same songs and we're the same band, but I feel like there's just a different element to it. Um, we we're big, big fans of the fact that uh, like we say, like we're kind of like an old school band in the sense that we don't run a million different backing tracks. We don't have a computer in any way, uh, no sample pads or anything with the drum kit, no triggers, um, tube amps, just a mic like i literally just use whatever stage mic is there eventually i'll get a wireless but that'll probably be as as fancy as i'll ever get um and i think because it's that traditional and authentic sort of hardware and setup that we use you know things like you know if the amps are or if the tubes are if have have been changed or if we've got the dial changed just off a couple of degrees like there's always a little bit of something different in all of our live shows and Mm. when it comes to things like like on record we've got plenty of sections where because you know we've only got the one guitarist but we'll have recorded two guitar bits so you know there'll be like a little lead going on in the background or like some harmonizing riffs or something um and we're constantly playing around with um 
do we just do the lead and then have the bass follow the rhythm guitar or do we just do the rhythm guitar and then have the bass just sort of drop out for a bit? Like we're playing with these sorts of things relatively often and we, mm-hmm. we only sort of make minor changes here and there, but it's enough where every single show you're sure to hear something that's different. Like we try and be tight and as true to the songs as possible, but we're also not afraid to play around with them also to give ourselves more leeway, but to make sure that every show is different. Um, and yeah, I think it sort of separates the shows from the records quite a bit. And I think we'll probably always continue to do that. I dare say. Well, I, I suspect that keeps it a little bit more interesting and fun for you. I mean, it's yeah, you, yeah. There's a skill and a talent um, to a degree of being able to play the record, mm. a record, exactly mm. how it sounds live. And, yeah. And like, and like, don't get us wrong, like we have a massive amount of respect for musicians that are able to play the same sort of music can so consistently where it's 110% every single night, but we're not quite for us. You know, we, we draw, drawing, I suppose, more on the hardcore side of things. We like that little bit of variance and, you know, we're happy for the performance to not be absolutely 100% perfect if it means that we're jumping around on stage or if I'm able to run back and forth from one crowd from one bit of the crowd to the other or you know if we've got people jumping up on stage and it knocks one of us and you know we miss a note or something <laughs> like that's that's sort of a trade-off that we're happy to happen to make obviously within reason like we're not just gonna fuck up and say it's okay but yeah you, you think you get what I mean no, I do completely because I think, oh, when people uh, remember their favourite shows, their favourite live events and events, that are, things that occurred in them, it's rarely ever, oh, so-and-so played that riff that exa- sounded exactly like the album. Yeah. It's going to be just, something that never could have happened elsewhere. On stage, just standing perfectly still, just like a mannequin or something. Yeah, they're, they're not... Something like Rush, I guess. What's that, sorry? Maybe if you see somebody like Rush, maybe that's what that is. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, with, with Cage Fighters, um, a lot more energy in the air, that's for sure. Um, looking at, looking in, in uh, the Australian metal scene always seems incredible mm-hmm. from my perspective. It also seems incredibly competitive to such a point yes. that it almost seems difficult to break through a glass mm-hmm. ceiling that, to reach a worldwide audience. But you guys have been mm-hmm. doing that quite consistently over this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're doing right to have achieved what you've done already? So I think it can be attributed to a couple of things. Um, I definitely agree with the glass ceilings um, uh, observation because you definitely see that from like a local level to a larger local level to interstate, to national to international for sure. Mm. Um, I think we're lucky that because the band was established for about a good five or so years pre-hiatus, we did have a sort of established following. So we had a bit of a platform to begin with. We did have like we're still kind of fresh in that sense, but we had a bit of a head start to work with. Uh, when it comes to like our presence online, what, mm. again, this one thing that Tom really nerds out on and we just take the advice and run with it is um, in terms of how we've uh, gotten in touch with, you know, like marketing and promotion, uh, how we've sort of pitched ourselves to like editorials and playlists and things like that. Um, we've, not tried to do necessarily, I suppose, just buy the book, but we've just tried to leverage any advantage we can when it comes to um, getting ahead, getting on playlists, getting noticed, getting in PR, getting reviews, that sort of thing. Um, and that is exactly what actually led to us getting with Metal Blade in the first yep. place. Um, it was just pure happenstance um, that uh, Chris Santos just 
came across us like on a Spotify playlist. Uh, he's the uh, Blacklight Media owner who's um, mates with uh, Slagle from Metal Blade. Um, and that's what worked for us because we were lucky we had the established presence. It had already sort of crept overseas. And because we were playing that online game, um, yeah, we worked our way overseas and we caught the attention of people that were able to do something for us and with us. Um, so I, I like, I think there's plenty of other bands that are also doing definitely the same thing, but mm-hmm. I think we, it was, a, it was definitely a little bit of a case of right place at the right time, but also that we were doing the right things as well. Um, yeah. Got to play the game. Yep. You're absolutely right. Um, and it's, it's great that you've already had so much success and fingers crossed it continues. Um, as you already said at the start, you're out and about uh, over the next month in Australia um, in the 2023, yes. people seem to just want you to play everywhere around the world from yeah. play my country, yeah, it's play non-stop. My country, <laughs> play my country. Um, I guess is the hopeful plan to just try and get yourself uh, out and further afield in 2023. Definitely, yeah. Um, we we've got we've got things in the works i don't know exactly how much i can kind of say you know it sounds cliche like nothing. every band's like oh we got we got big things happening but i can't tell you too much um yeah look we we are working with some uh promoter and agent overseas and we've had a lot of people reach out to us from venues and just fans and like different organizers and whatnot um so it is in the works mm-hmm. where playing we're waiting for a good opportunity. Like we don't necessarily just want to say yes to absolutely anything, spend 30 or $40,000 out of our own pockets to travel around the world for a year and end up playing to 20 people on a Tuesday. Like yeah. it's all well and good to make it to the other side of the world. But if we're going to do that, then we want it, to, we want it to make sure that it's both worthwhile of our time and effort and money. And that, you know, it actually is something that will lead somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we've had some dates and some other band names thrown around and like there's it's in the works for sure, but we haven't quite got to the point of having everything hundred percent locked in. Um, I think we're also just trying to really get our chops up in Australia. And like I said, sort of the festivals that are coming up, use those as a really good um, set of practice runs and warm ups to get familiar with big stages, traveling yeah. around a little bit more. Um, yeah. Probably just keep it. Well, I say local, but, you know, Australia is not, not quite local yeah. as we know. There's a fair bit of ground. Keep to it cover. within the... Co- yeah, no, I completely get it. You know, talking yeah. about playing the game. I know how the game works. We, mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what's the space and uh, good things will hopefully be in store. Uh, I do envision from a personal perspective, I'm like, okay, the summer of 2023 across uh, Europe and the UK, we have tons and tons of festivals that will be needing to be filled because we're past that COVID period yeah. as well, where it was yes. all hangovers. So it's going to be fresh mm-hmm. bookings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. That's yes. for sure. Um, and that's, well, that's also the same in Australia here as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're starting to get so many international bands. Like it's, it's weird. I've, I've seen a lot of posters and it hasn't really clicked, but even just like in the last couple of weeks, like off the top of my head, I can think of probably about six or seven different international bands that have come and played recently. So yeah. Fingers crossed we can leverage that ourselves. Fingers crossed indeed. Uh, lastly, lastly, but I think you kind of touched on this at the start. It's really what else is going on right now. You suggest, is, you suggested it's just chill out, do those dates. You might have a video mm-hmm. in the works and um, that's it, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, we've been sort of like looking into some new merch designs because we have been running some of our, our current ones for a little while now. Uh, we do have some new ones out with um, with the album, but yeah, probably just looking at fresh merch. Um, probably just buying new gear because we're constantly saying, oh yeah, we'll buy some new gear and then 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 we're set up, then we're good. <laughs> um, yeah, music video. I think we've got. I think we've got like some dates teed up for it. We've got venues and a couple locations in place, but I don't think we've sort of locked anything in yet, but that'll probably just be a matter of weeks or maybe a month or two out. Hopefully, hopefully it'll go quickly. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. It's pretty, it's actually pretty tame at the moment. But it's it doing easy. something. It, even if it's not, oh, we are doing a hundred dates over the next hundred days, mm. or we already have a three albums written. It's doing something that's the most important. It means you're moving forwards. We we do have new riffs. We do have new riffs. I should okay. I should probably say that. Um, we're not we're not doing nothing. We have we have been doing a bit of writing, but um, yeah, till till time comes in to sort of head down and do lots of pre pro. It's just just the odd riff getting thrown around here and there. But we've definitely got ideas ideas flowing. That's for sure. The most important thing is that the future feels so so bloody bright. As we said already, the album might already feel a year old compared to just a matter of months, but it's already blown yeah. up nicely. And I do wonder how that's going to keep continuing. And I can't wait to see what comes in 2023. Nick, thanks for taking yeah, the time. Likewise. No, thank you very much, Carl. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?